Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Riccardo Colla, Director of Digital Food Science with Ripe.io and uh, the host of this podcast, Know Your Food. In our current series, we are bringing experts from across the food system to discuss food safety and food security in the COVID-19 emergency. Today is a special episode that is going to focus on local food systems and technology. We'll discuss in particular a platform that we developed at Ripe to help consumers connect with and support local food providers. It's a pleasure to welcome my colleague, Anna Leeton, who leads this program we call Ripe Community. Hannah is an expert in sustainable agriculture and food systems, and she's also a farmer and a food writer. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Ricardo. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's a pleasure. So, I want to start uh, with uh, a general consideration uh, that this challenge we are now facing uh, has brought new light on the value of regional, regional food systems. And given your profound knowledge of uh, farms, institutions, and local food supply chains, I wanted to ask what would you say are the most relevant consequences of COVID-19 on local food systems? Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, COVID-19 has really caused this massive disruption to what was already a, a pretty fragmented food supply chain in the U.S., Um, the way that we move food in this country under normal circumstances is extremely complicated and quite siloed and, and really pretty opaque. Um, it's a system that has been built on efficiency so that food can move as quickly as possible across really long distances um, from multiple stakeholders. So one food item might go from farm to multiple processors to a storage or distribution warehouse and then on to Um, whatever market it's intended for, whether it's retail or restaurant or institution. Mm -hmm. um, and we rely on a handful of, of pretty big players to make and move the majority of our food, uh, whether that's a handful of meat processing plants that are responsible for these huge swaths of the meat that we eat, or the fact that most of our produce in the U.S. is produced in California and a few Midwestern states. And so when a disruption like this happens, it really shines a light on how... Um, inflexible our supply chains and distribution systems were. Uh, and what we're seeing as a result is that those producers and distributors who were relying on institutions and restaurants and markets that are now closed or purchasing a significantly reduced amount of food, um, they're really struggling to pivot quickly to new markets. And then on the demand side, we're seeing Um, that with restaurants and institutions closed, um, that people are really struggling to figure out where their food is going to come from now. And this has caused this huge imbalance um, in supply and demand, where the demand on retailers and direct-to-consumer outlets, um, and especially food banks, is through the roof. Um, mm -hmm. And while, meanwhile, 
producers uh, and growers are trying to figure out how to move their surplus of products now that their their markets are needing to shift. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we hear all those uh, heartbreaking reports of uh, uh, this imbalance between uh, you know farmers that are throwing away some of their uh, harvest and then uh, on the other side the food banks. Uh, so in this framework. Um, can you explain what um, Right Community does? What what it is? What 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 the platform is? And how you came up with the idea of implementing uh, this platform? Yeah. Um, so Ripe Community is a new platform developed by Ripe.io, and it is a shared free directory of food businesses that are serving their local community during COVID nineteen. And so it brings together uh, restaurants, farms. Um, farm businesses, CSAs, farmers markets, beverage stores, grocery stores uh, into one directory. So as a consumer, I can go in and I can search by uh, hours, location, type of product that's available, business type, um, and a few other uh, search criteria. So we're recognizing that right now, um, you know, food is food. So I am based in upstate New York. And if I need milk right now, um, it might be coming from the farm down the road. It might be coming from the restaurant that's selling um, products out of their walk-in as a CSA share. It might be coming from the grocery store. Uh, and these lines between different sectors of the food system have become really blurred. Uh, and so we wanted to create a place where you could come in as a consumer and understand what all of your food options are um, in the area. And it's, it kind of came out of, uh, this thing that we've known about for a long time in the local food systems world, um, which is that building more resilient local food sheds, uh, can help us endure crisis. Uh, and we've been sort of thinking about this in the context of climate change for a long time. And this pandemic has really highlighted that idea in a new, and more mainstream way. And we're seeing that local farmers and producers have, and, and other local businesses as well, have been able to pivot uh, in a way that the big national players just haven't been able to do as quickly. Um, and that they're the ones in a lot of communities that are making sure people have the food that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so as all of this was unfolding, we were starting to see a lot of really innovative solutions pop up in our, in our own communities and across the country whether that was a farm creating an online store really quickly or uh, setting up aggregation points to um, bring multiple farms together or restaurants selling groceries. Um, and then we were seeing a lot of lists and maps about those food options pop up and feeling like there was a role for us to play in trying to streamline that process of uh, reconnecting people with their food. Mm. Well, and currently, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, connecting consumers with with all the food providers. Uh, so, what geographical areas does the platform cover currently? We launched Rape Community in Delaware County, New York, um, which is a rural county in the uh, western Catskills of upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, And what we wanted to do was really bring together kind of a coalition of agencies that represent different businesses, different food businesses in the area. And so we were recognizing that, um, like I mentioned, there were, there are these amazing, um, 
of businesses, whether it was um, the extension offices listing farms or the Chamber of Commerce listing restaurants. Uh, but if we could pool our efforts and have everybody go to one place, mm -hmm. uh, it would lift some of the burden off of not only the businesses, but also of those uh, support agencies. Um, and so like when we think about the platform, we kind of think about it as addressing three different uh, needs. One is that it takes the burden off of those entities and it makes uh, information more accurate. So things are changing so fast right now. And we are recognizing that for one, um, uh, for one administrator to manage a database means that by the time you get 70 businesses up on the, on the directory, there's a high likelihood that the information would be out of date by then. And so we wanted businesses to be able to own their own information and be able to update it. So you go in as a food business and you create a profile and you can update your information uh, whenever you want, whether it's the fact that your hours have changed or if you're uh, going to be closed temporarily, but you are accepting donations or you've increased your food uh, safety measures, you can change any information you want whenever uh, and it gets updated in real time. Uh, the second is what I mentioned about having all of these food businesses in one place and sort of bringing together a community um, and breaking down those silos between different parts of the food system. And then the third is being able to um, understand what your donation options are. So even if a business isn't open or if I want to support a business in somebody else's community, but I can't travel there, um, there's a place where those businesses can put in uh, donation options and then I can find out how to give them money directly. Mm -hmm. And how do you make sure that consumers know where to look? I mean, how is the promotion of this right community platform work? Yeah, so... Uh, like I mentioned, I think that the success we've seen in Delaware County has really been because we've pulled together all of these support groups um, and, and advocates. So we had uh, six different six different organizations, uh, ranging from the Chamber of Commerce to the Center for Agricultural Development and Entrepreneurship, um, a group called uh, Pure Catskills that is nested in the Watershed Ag Council, uh, the Rural Food and Health Network of New York, um, who am I forgetting? I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but to bring together these entities and collaborate and have everybody reach out to their own networks, um, because farmers and producers are really, really busy right now. And we know that this is a tough time and we want to be, um, aware of that and sensitive to, um, you know, what would be the most useful, uh, the use, what would be the the best use of their time? Um, and so I think that uh, leveraging this kind this kind of model where we're reaching out to individual networks and guiding them to the same place has been really fruitful. And as we're pushing this out into other communities um, across the state and and across the country, that's sort of the model that we're looking uh, to use. Mm, very good. Well. I want to come back on uh, what you mentioned uh, earlier, this kind of imbalance between supply and demand. Um, and uh, uh, looking at the uh, recent reports in New York State that show uh, in, some, in some counties up to 200% uh, increase in demand from food banks. And then the, the farmers on the other side are forced to throw away some of their production. So. When you look at an expansion of uh, the function of uh, Right Community Platform, can this platform really um, 
help bridge the gap between this uh, supply and demand? Uh, how do you see it expanding in that sense? Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, our hope is that we can continue to introduce this tool as it is, as a business-to-consumer tool in other mm-hmm. communities. Um, but several weeks into this pandemic, we're also recognizing that this is a much longer-term need, and there's a lot of nuance to it. So there are all of these opportunities that we're identifying that we can build this tool out to support that kind of um, matching of surplus and need, especially in New York, where we know that um, there are these state level initiatives that are already in place because we're in a unique position here where we have so much farmland upstate and um, so many people downstate that there's all, there's already an imbalance. It's just like being exacerbated right now. Um and so our hope is that by building this tool out, like as we identify needs, so right now the attributes that you can filter by are hours of operation, type of product, location, food safety uh, precautions. But in the future, we could add in inventory and we could add in transportation. And that information could be really um, pivotal in connecting product across the state or across the region. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to see also the the uh, how this tool can expand in that direction. Uh, I was reading this morning um, somewhat the, the other face of the medal. So the, there's a massive spike of interest in uh, community supported agriculture, and sometimes this causes a struggle for small farmers to meet increasing demand. So uh, the on, on the opposite side of it. And so is there, can this platform or any technology help addressing surges in demand in any way? And I know this is completely out of the box, but I uh, just mm-hmm. wanted to, uh, to see if there's anything uh, you, you uh, well, get your thought on this point. Yeah, I mean, I I think that whenever we enter whatever our new reality looks like um, in a post-COVID world, we're going to see an incredible demand for um, more transparency and more information about our food. And Mm -hmm. I think that people are going to have an increased understanding um, of what it means to support your, your local food shed and how what kind of impact that can have um, in a time of crisis. And so uh, I, I see those as sort of two buckets. Like I see us coming out of this with an increased desire to support local agriculture and our local businesses. And I see us coming out of this with an increased demand for information about that food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could be, you know, food safety because we have a heightened sense of how pathogens are traveling or it's about labor because we're seeing how food businesses treat their employees is actually like a a pretty big public health concern Um, or it's about origin because a lot of us have gotten to know our our food and our producers in a different way and uh, we'll want to maintain that connection and can see how knowing how your food is grown can can have a positive impact on on you and your community Um, so I I see like the, there could be a major shift after this in, in both of those places and having technology um, to support that trans, um, 
how to say this, how to, how to use technology to support that transfer of information, I think is going to be critical. So in the local food movement, we, you know, I, I've been working in that space for a really long time and I've been working in the tech world for less time. Um, but we're having all the same conversations about transparency and traceability and tracking, and, uh, we're not really talking to each other. And I think that this might be the moment when, the local food movement and the the good food movement comes together with the the tech world. And we start to have more meaningful conversations about how we can support uh, this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And even in the, you know, in the previous episode, I think the leitmotiv has been really the coming up of transparency uh, out of this pandemic. And this will also allow, I think, uh, uh, to, uh, um, uh, to highlight the virtuous players, so to uh, uh, to highlight practices not only in the way you produce food, but in the way you treat your employees at the farm, exactly. or the, yeah, or in the in the production facilities. Your employees, your land, your animals. Uh, I mean, in the institutional world, those metrics have been important for a long time, um, and that you know they will continue to be tracked um, after this. But I think that uh, my hope is that consumers having uh, like having their relationship with their food and their purveyors shifted during this time will also mm-hmm. um, have an increased understanding of how those values are really important. Yeah. And so I want to come to the last uh, consideration about the future of the food system. So, uh, beyond the, the agriculture sector, uh, when we look at the food system as a whole, do you think of any conditions uh, like regulation, collaboration, uh, breaking of silos, of course, that would need to be in place to accelerate this transformational change uh, and obviously to minimize the impact of the next emergency? Yeah, I think that we need all of those things. I think we need more collaboration. I think that we need more policy to support local good food and fair labor. I think we need more breaking down of silos. Um, This pandemic has really called attention to a slew of problems and inequities in our food system that are going to need to be addressed even if we don't face another crisis. Um, I'm thinking specifically about the way we treat the people who grow, raise, process, move, and serve our food. There's no reason why anyone in this country should feel like they have to go to work during a pandemic if they're sick or fearful of getting sick because they're worried about missing a paycheck or they don't have sick days or they're concerned about retaliation. I think that we're seeing now that those inequities have a much broader impact on our supply chain and on consumers um, than just on those individuals. And I hope that we start to place a different kind of value on food chain workers who are now more essential than ever. Um, I think that there needs to be more policy in place at the state and federal level to incentivize local food procurement and consumption and to incentivize producers to keep their food in their in the region um, so that when we face another crisis that disrupts national and global supply chains, we already have this robust local food shed in place um, that can serve the community that serves the community and can easily continue to do that. Um, And then I think there also needs to just be a much higher level of tracking and accountability attached to all of that policy. I think that in general, there needs to be much more collaboration across the, the larger food system so that we're able to move food in a less rigid way. And I think that a big part of that is creating a more transparent 
space for sharing information about the food we're eating and the way that it was grown. Right now, if you're a vendor selling food to a food service client and all of a sudden you lose that customer, it's incredibly hard to sell that product to a retailer instead. And likewise, if you are a wholesale buyer and you've spent years establishing relationships with farms and producers that meet your requirements and they can't provide you with a product one day, it's also really hard to quickly shift and find a new producer that meets all of the values you're looking for because we aren't requiring that that information be shared across the supply chain. So if we have systems um, in place that communicate with each other and we have stakeholders in different parts of the food system that are communicating with each other and we have a shared understanding of what metrics and data need to be shared across the supply chain, then redirecting food suddenly becomes less about an emergency response or reaction and, and more about relying on the web that we built to support us. Uh, totally agree. So uh, last for the for the audience, where can they can they learn more about Ripe Community? Mm. Yeah, so you can find Ripe Community at ripeio.community, um, and you'll see that there are about fifty businesses in there right now. And again, we launched this in upstate New York, so it's um, pretty region specific at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But we are pushing it out to other. Uh, areas right now. So if you're in a community and you're interested in launching this in your area, or if you're already doing something um, to track local businesses or to map local businesses, and you want to talk about collaborating, um, we're really interested in having those conversations. Thank you so much, Hannah, for your time. Um, and uh, uh, thanks to uh, all the uh, listeners for this episode. Uh, as usual, you can find uh, this episode and subscribe to the Know Your Food series on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at rhyme.io. Thank you so much. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.